This is the NWO Podcast, a.k.a. The Dub. I'm your host, Mr. X, and this is my co-host, GP. Let's talk Oilers. All right, GP, how's it going today, bud? Good, you? A lot to talk about. Yeah. 0-4. Last four Oilers games. Dropped their last four? Yeah. Good game, though, on... On Thursday, I thought. Yeah, they put in the effort, but you know what? They won some games that they shouldn't have early on in the season, and now they're losing some games that they probably should have won, and that's hockey. Well, what what happens is is a, is a te- to me a team in a slump. You start losing games that you should win, you know that that you were the better team in, and that that that's what happens. But that's a, I think that's a good sign for the Oilers because I think that's a sign that they're coming out of the slump which is something that I think is important for them, something that I think that they can easily build off of moving forward with a good Carolina team coming in on Saturday. So I think that's important. But, again, starting off again, the Oilers need to score the first goal in that hockey game. Yeah, they gave up another one. It another is just – and this and it's deflating any time a team can give up a shorthanded goal. To me, Tyson Berry, he's got to get off of that number one unit. To me, I think I think he's I think he's just weighing down that unit. To be quite honest, I is think it I, is it Bouchard's time? Yeah, I think it's Bouchard's time. I think I agree. I, agree. I think I think you can rotate in Bouchard and Nurse. Just how they're kind of rotating uh, Pugliarvi and Hyman in, at the net front. Yeah. I think you can do the same with with Nurse and Bouchard. Where I don't think you even need to. I think you put Bouchard there and he lights it up. You know, I think what they're scared of is giving Bouchard more ice time and Barry less ice time. Because then if you do that, you end up with Barry making, what, $4 million? To me, Barry, that, that's just unacceptable on the power play. Like, he has that puck on his stick. He's got to make a quick play and something to keep that play alive. He can't keep playing catch with Nugent Hopkins there because all of a sudden they're playing catch and they're well, stuck. Well, has been quiet too, right? They're, so. they're, they're stuck on the boards, turnover, and you give it away to Brad Marchand on a breakaway. What's going to happen? It's going to be a goal. That's how that's how it works, and again, but Barry, Barry did have two points that game on the power play. He I, did I don't, give up that I, first man. Play. I I those Short-handed. those points on the power play that he gets, they're secondary points. They don't most of the time. They're kind not, of sugar points. They're it's not points. where like like you know he's finding Drysaddle in that in that spot where Drysaddle likes to yeah. be, or you know not not taking anything away from him. It's just it's something that. He doesn't bring anything special to that power play. Where no, it's I like, agree. I agree. Where you like, need you need him to either shoot or walk the line like Sergei Zubov. Where he's where he's if he if you take Bouchard off of that unit, to me, I don't think it makes a big difference because I think Nurse and Bouchard can do exactly what he does. Maybe at Bouchard even at a higher level because the shot that Bouchard has, Barry can't compete with that. The way Bouchard is able to get the puck on the net. Through, the, through screens, like, it's a scary shot from the point that almost when he's just taking a regular shot from the point, like, it, it has a high probability that it, it might end up going in, but... Yeah, but, I mean, you know what? The thing is that, what did Gretzky say? If you don't shoot, you're not going to score, right? Yeah. So, good, you got to shoot. Good thing on... Bouchard has that eye for the net. Uh, it's his skill, and his his shot is amazing, right? So, he can, he can find the lane, he can make that pass. It's something that Barry's not doing right now. He's not moving. He's staying stationary. Uh, last practice, Tip was shown skating around with Barry at the end of practice, talking to him. You have to assume that it was about the power play. Because, I mean, look, now last game against the Bruins, he comes up with 
two power places. I mean, here he, he gives up that one on the uh, shorthanded, that first one, but he still comes but out of there. Overall, I thought that first period the Oilers played was, I thought, a, a pretty solid period. I think um, I think that's a power play that the Oilers will definitely uh, uh, take, but... I, I mean, overall, that that's a good start to the game. I mean, the big thing is the start. Unfortunately, they can't get that first goal. Well, yeah, they need to get it. Let's basically say that that game was should have been a win. You know, we'll toss it in the L column. But if they bring that effort next game against Carolina, hopefully it's a different result. Right? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and uh, thinking you're going to get different results. Right? So they know what they've been doing wrong. They've been adjusting their play. So, uh, and then and then you get over to the second period. You get to goal number two by DeBrusque on that on that power play. To me, I don't understand how that wasn't a slash on Yamamoto skating into the skating into the corner with the puck trying to clear it. Like to me, that's a, that's an absolute joke. He's clearly slashing close into the hands. No call on the play. Turnover. Good shot by DeBrusque. Give the guy credit. That you was know what? I'll say shot, that the, the past two games against the. Uh, Bruins in the wild, the ref hasn't the refing hasn't been that bad. You know, they've set a standard and stayed within it. But uh, I agree with you that, you know, the refing can always be better. Well it's it's just the inconsistency again. Yeah, I agree 100%. and and how you're not gonna call that a slash to me is mind boggling because he reached in and absolutely slashed Yamamoto's stick there. I'm surprised Yamamoto's stick didn't break there, but um yeah, and then, then you get into the third period. The Oilers' power play gets going a little bit, get a couple power play goals from Dreisaitl. And unfortunately, late in the game, uh, nobody gets on Gresley, let him walk in and take a clap on. To me personally, I think that's a, that's one Stuart Skinner, I believe, would want back. Yeah. I think any time a goaltender has a has a clear sight at the puck, you you want to make that save because no screen, no, noth- no nothing. I think I believe it was his flash screen, but I think that's one that he's definitely going to want back. You try to push late, you lose the hockey game. It is what it is. Forty-three shots on goal. You'll, I think, the Oilers will take that. And mo- you're not going to lose most times. You, you put forty-three on shots on net. So I think for the Oilers moving forward, that's a good step in the right direction with a good Carolina team coming in. Well, you're not going to lose often playing like that, guaranteed. But uh, that was a yeah, a good effort by the Oilers. They got the L. Let's move but, on. Uh, so let's talk about uh, huh, the call-ups. Russell is uh, injured again. We thought Broberg was heading back to uh, Baco, but which was I thought was a good move. I think I think he's a little bit hesitant with the puck, Broberg. I think that's something that that I I think maybe he could stay up. I think that's something that will come for him through NHL reps. I don't think that's something that's going to help him in, in Baco become more confident. No, he needs to play in the, the NHL. Puck. I he think I think more NHL there. reps. I think he'll become less hesitant with the puck. I think he'll. Move, It'll, it'll, it'll come for him in that way, but um, as for Nemo Linen, though, like that yeah. is that so that's that kind of provides a uh, a little problem here for Broberg because once Keith is healthy, your top two left hand guys are Nurse and Keith. I like Nemo Linen. To me, he reminds me a little bit of like a Ben Sherrod, I think on that third on that third pair to yeah, start off a grit. little bit that that size that yeah. ability. Again, the puck skills. I mean, Dave Tippett. Everybody has talked about the puck skills for. Um, He's Nemo been playing out guys like a freight train. But again, for a third pairing guy, I mean, I think he'll he'll improve with those puck skills, moving the puck a little bit. So where does Broberg fit into that? Do you wait till Keith retires, bring up 
Broberg or do you? Well, you Bro- know, you know, Broberg can fit on the right side, right? He's played a right side, but on your right side, you got Bouchard, you got Barry, and you got CC. And CC coming back has been a godsend. To me, Broberg. He's going to be on the team next year. He's going to be a full-time Oiler next year. He might I be a full-timer by the end of this year. This year might be a little difficult because I think, I mean, judging by kind of what I've kind of heard, is that the Oilers want to want to add another D-man. But we'll see what happens. I, I just don't think that this is the year where they want to let the kids play. I think this is this is just a chance for for the Oilers to want to get that, let those kids get their feet wet and get an opportunity to feel what the NHL is like yeah, and get a grasp. You, you, you can't have that many guys, that many young guys playing on your on your blue line. But here's the thing: if Bouchard usurps Barry as top pair, and you have Bouchard nurse, what? and then you have CC and let's say Keith as your second pairing, and then you have Dean Lyon on your third pairing on your left defense, well, who plays the right side? Who would you rather have there, Tyson Barry? Who's a right shot? But you can't really deploy in many situations. Or Philip Broberg, or he's a where he's a bigger body, he skates a lot better, and he is just as offensive. I definitely, I definitely agree with that. I think that Broberg's play moving forward, I think, can help sway Ken Holland into potentially moving Tyson Berry because Evan Bouchard can easily go into right into Tyson Berry's role and do just as good. I think Bouchard has what sixteen points in twenty four games, twenty five games, or something, and that is without playing. On that number one power play unit, he yeah, doesn't get any there, reps. Oh my god, he probably skyrockets. He might have at least twenty to twenty-two points right now, if he's on that number one unit. You know, making that pass to Drysaddle in his spot, making plays, maybe have a couple power play goals, maybe as an, an extra goal or two, maybe who knows? But um, I'd be in the Calder conversation. Well, he's not Calder. He? Calder, no. he's not eligible this year. Oh, whoops! But. Um, for me, I think that Broberg's play can help because he can play the right side, which is, I think, very versatile for the Oilers, is that that opens up an opportunity for you to deal Tyson Berry. Again, because this team is going to need cap space. you got Pugliarvi, you got Yamamoto all coming off the books next year. You don't have the money no. to keep this roster together. Some, you know, Somebody's got to move out, and I think that odd man out is definitely good. One, for sure, is definitely going to be Tyson Berry and I think for that, me. And I think that Tyson... Barry is on his way out. We both heard, you know, things around OEG that uh, indicate him being here on this roster next year. It's not. It's not looking up. Stuart Skinner, though. Stewie. The future. The, the future. The future of Edmonton goaltending is this. Is this guy? I think personally. I I think Konovalov. In my opinion, I think the numbers in the KHL, the the numbers right now, Rodriguez, their starting goaltender. I think Konovalov needs some time to adjust to this North American game. I think he needs a little bit of time because that's a big difference for a goaltender moving from the big ice to the small ice. That's something that's going to be a little bit of adjustment because I I believe that when you're on that big ice, a lot of a lot of the game is a lot of more. Um, east to west play a lot of passing back and forth whereas in this game it's a lot more dump and chase it's a way different game over here in North America so I think that'll come for him I think he could be a you know a future uh, goalie for the Oilers definitely but I'm talking about right now I think Skinner could push for your starting goaltender by the end of next season I would pump the brakes on Skinner in my opinion I would pump the brakes I think he's a, he's shown well he's shown well this is I want to see bigger. I want to see a twenty to thirty game sample size from him. 
Because let's face Is he costing the Oilers games or are the Oilers costing themselves games? Because let's face it, anybody, any goaltender can get hot. Any goaltender can get hot. So it's You've important that. it's important that you see that sample size of between twenty and thirty games where you're going to find truly what he is. So I'm 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 gonna wait until I get that sample size before I make that assumption on Stuart Skinner, but And folks, why we're talking why we're talking about Skinner because Miko Koskinen, his time with the Oilers, I wouldn't give it much more. He's on his way out, like you've seen from my tweets uh, prior, you know, in, in the year, uh, he's, he's gone. By trade deadline, maybe by the Olympic break, because once Mike Smith comes back and is healthy, he will be the starter, and my, and Stuart Skinner will be the backup. All right, so, again, I think Koskinen has to stay for this year, personally, unless you can... Why would you keep Koskinen, though? But you can't run Skinner and Smith. Of course you could. Why not? Right, now, right now, you're running, you're, you're, you're running Skinner and Smith. Okay, so picture this. Wait, sorry, Skinner and Koskinen. A Stanley Cup winning team. Think of the goalies they had in the past winners. Chicago won with Niemi. Vasilevsky. Okay, that's 2010, yeah. all right? You got to think of the way the game is Bidington going. Bennington won with St. Louis. I know, but he was he was hot from beginning to end. Like that guy was just on an absolute run. I agree, and Mike Smith and, has, and, has and, been and, hot. And two games. Mike Smith. This year, two games. I'm saying when he comes back, he acclimates. He gets back to his regular form, right? He, if, if he doesn't he, come back, he cannot handle a full playoff run. Like the wear and tear that's going to bring. Stewart Skinner has come in against Winnipeg this year. Winnipeg could not. Edmonton could not solve Winnipeg until they put in Stuart Skinner. To me, it's just impossible. You win a Stanley Cup with Stuart Skinner. Stuart Skinner, Miko Koskin, for that matter, too, or Mike Smith as your goaltender going into Game 1. I promise you, if any of those three goaltenders are going to start for you for Game 1, you aren't winning the Stanley Cup. What you are setting yourself up for is, is, is maybe you get to the conference finals at best. Hey, at best. If they can get past... The first round, Daytipic keeps his job. But if they really have these Stanley Cup aspirations, which it sounds you know, through the organization that that's what they're hoping for is is the cup for this year, is that what, that's what they want, well, then yeah. that isn't going to cut it. You have to make, you have to get a goaltender, whether that's, I mean, the crowded net in Dallas, like Holtby, Hudobin, you know, well, something Dallas, like that. Dallas, we hear they're going to be keeping Holtby and they're going to be keeping Ottinger. So... Kudobin is the odd man out there, right? But will the Oilers be targeting Kudobin? I can't see that because of his age and his play as of late. But you know what? Who I can see them targeting? Who? Marc-Andre Fleury. I, listen, I'm a big fan of the flower. I'm a big... The guy just got 500 wins. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the flower. I think definitely he, he can... He can make a difference, but again, Ken Holland has to find a way to make the money work. Maybe it's Tyson Berry going the other way, and Miko Koskinen if Chicago is willing to do that. I don't, I don't really well, know. Let's, but let's keep in mind that right now there is a player on the Blackhawks roster that the Oilers are targeting. That player, Dylan Strome, a former teammate of Connor David, one of his best buddies. Right? Why not bring him in? He's not performing right now in Chicago, right? 
So I'm sure he wouldn't cost much, right? They got Marc-Andre Fleury for pennies on the dollar, basically for free from Vegas, right? So I'm thinking that if they're targeting Dylan Strom, why not add in Marc-Andre Fleury? Why are you need Dylan Strom, though, right now? Where, where, would you, where would you put him? You could move Yamo down to the bottom six, and that deep injured you're at bottom six, and you could put, and then you could go McDavid, Hyman, and Strom, and then Nuge draws out of Army, and your top six just becomes a lot that better, a lot better. I don't, I don't know about the Dylan Strom stuff as much as it does maybe make sense. No, but I can confirm right now they are targeting Dylan Strom. Mark Andre Fleury has Edmonton on their no trade list, right? So that's kind of halting things there, but. Could it what happen? Do you what think? about like a like a Corpusalo? Even you know, I well, know right now he's backup for Columbus, right? So you know, I I'd rather have Merz Lincolns. It, it, it's tough. There's not much on the goalie market where you can be like the Oilers might be stuck with like a yeah, Koskinen tandem, and you know maybe it's the defenseman that they that they go after for this deadline. But is Koskinen is Koskinen at four million dollars, four point five million dollar ticket? Is he? That good of a backup for that price? No, I, I would argue no, because you can no, get the same kind of you can get the same kind of uh, effort out of Stuart Skinner for a lot less. And if a team like Buffalo, or I don't know, a team like that needs Arizona, a team that needs goaltending, if if they have interest in Miko Koskinen, I say you let him go. I as know, soon but as you can. in my opinion, Once I get this back. I believe Koskinen has been better than Stuart Skinner this year. I I truly believe that. I think Skinner has had has been has his moments. I think they're both very consistent. I think a little more consistency comes with Mike Smith, but overall, I think the goaltending. I think it's been fine this year. I think you would agree it's been it's been fine. It hasn't been outstanding by any means, but it's something that's been. It's getting the it's getting the job done. It's barely crossing the line. Okay, but, I gotta stop you there. Uh, the producer is telling us we gotta hurry up here. On to the next topic. All right, let's talk some uh, Ryan McLeod. What do you think about his play recently? He's kind, of, he's kind of what the Oilers have been missing. Third line center, big guy, he's fast. I say, other than McDavid, he's the second fastest guy on that team. Because I like him. Hurts. I like him as a third. I like him as to hopefully grow into a third line center. I think that would be uh, if that happens. And he you got to play him there, serve. so he can develop as yeah. that. Though. Yeah, I think if he can grow and and well in that position I think that would be unbelievable for the Oilers when it comes to that because I think he's got the speed he's got a little bit of grit in him I think too I think I think that's a guy that that could definitely help help that third line out and maybe one day you can get more of like a driver maybe like a a Yamamoto there too Uh, you know I would love to see Yamamoto with McLeod and Fogel on the third line that would be I, a, I would like to see that, that too, but again, you don't have that other top six winger to... Exactly, that's where Ryan Dillon comes in. Again, you'd like to add the top six forward. I don't believe that the Oilers would do that. Do you I, think we already have that top six forward right now in our organization, a.k.a. Dylan Holloway? Well, when he comes back... Let's say, best case scenario, he comes back from this scaphoid injury... Lights the world on fire in the uh, AHL. Yeah, then he, he's right. getting called up. Would you throw him second line with Nuch on the wing there? What or? I would do is I would put him on the third line 
And I, and I would try Holloway, McLeod, and Cassian to begin. Cassian on the third line. I don't think Cassian's a fourth-liner person. I'm not a big fan of Zach Cassian, but I'm thinking in the mind of Dave Tippett, and I think that's something that he would do to start off Dylan Holloway. What Dylan Holloway does with that is, you know, who knows. But um, as for Ryan McLeod, I would say... Third line center and the goalies are completely happy. Guy's got speed. Guy's got got some grit to him. Gets in hard on the forecheck. So let's talk a little bit about Cassian now, though. Cassian, he's what making three point two million dollars. That's just horrible. He's playing like a fourth line player, if that. Um, you know, Chicago. We're talking about Dylan Strom right now. They make about the same amount of money. Chicago. They just you know shout out to Jujar Kara because he took a. Uh, big hit from Truba the other day, and he is doing well now, but that team could use some toughness, right? So do you think maybe they could maneuver somehow Cassian into that trade for Dylan Strom? Let's say maybe a Cassian, Koskinen, Turris, and a second-round pick maybe for Flurry and Strom. And then, and then maybe find a tougher guy to play on your fourth line for less. Here's, I think Zach Cassian, the guy is the king of taking, the story of his career the last couple of years has been two steps forward, five steps back. You know, every time, you know, you put him on that line with McDavid or Dreisaitl, and he performs, like he performs, but for a very small sample size, for yeah. two games, you know, he'll play really, really well. And then he's ghost for the next five. Yeah, so would you like to get rid of Cassian's contract? Yes, but I, I don't. Like that's going to be a tough one for Edmonton to move and a team to want to move it, especially in this. Like the Oilers would have to give something a sweetener or something for a team to be hey, able they to have do that, that. They have that first round pick, and I'm not saying give it away for anything. But if it was a sweet, if that first round pick was given up, you know, getting a goalie and a top six forward would be aces. Yeah. So let's get into some Oilers wants and needs. Well, what we're just discussing right now, they need a goaltender. They need a fourth-line centerman. Derek Ryan, where is he? Where is he? I like Derek Ryan as the fourth-line centerman. I do. I think he's that right-handed shot on the penalty kill. I think I think he's, he's fine on that fourth line. I think he's fine. I think if you want to add something, I think it's another middle six winger, maybe a guy that can play in the top six and, and play on that third line. Hashtag Dylan Strome. So would you say that's more of a wandering need, though? That's a, that's tough. It's like in this like gray area where it kind of is and it kind of also isn't, you know, because you'd hope like the Fogel is that guy. Well, let's pencil in Fogel as a third line left winger, right? Fourth line, would you say Benson's a fourth line left winger? He's got that grit. He's yet to score a goal, but. Uh, to me, I'm not very high on Tyler Benson, but again, that's the, besides the point when it comes to the Oilers' wants and needs. But let's get to the um, a defenseman. I I think that is that is a big need. That is definitely not a want for me. But you know as well as I know that they're not going after a defenseman. Their wants are a goaltender, and I guess right now. A fourth line center. To me, I, top six to me, I don't agree with that. I think that is just stupid. If that if that is the case, and that's what they're thinking over there, because let's be Duncan Keith is just flat out horrible. 
the guy is just flat out. Oh, horrible. so you're a Keith hater. You might have some fans uh, siding along with you there. Well, I, I've seen just so many tweets and so many stuff all over social media when it comes to just like Duncan Keith just so far out of position on so many goals where it's just not even close. Analytically, he's not that great either. And to top it off, I don't even think he's a great human being, to be quite honest with you. Like, he's for sh- like, ugh, that's besides the point. But I, I, I can't stand Duncan Keith. I believe I wouldn't mind him on the third pair. But for him to be a top four defenseman on this team, I think it's just, that's not, that's not a Stanley Cup winning team that has Duncan Keith as one of their top four defensemen. Well, I agree with you analytically. He's not, uh, his numbers don't, uh, don't speak great about him, but, you know, he definitely shows up the back end there. When he was in the lineup, we had a winning record. I think we were like nine and one. Right? I'm not saying it's because of Keith. But where did the bulk of the mistakes happen when they happened on that winning streak? It was for Duncan Keith. Yeah, you think uh, CC kind of uh, steadies him up a little bit, or what? Kind I of? think CC's been terrific. I think we all under... I think, like, you must have, too. We all underestimated what CC would have been. Yeah, I came in here thinking CC was going to be I think nothing, nothing great, but... I think he's been terrific. I think he's been exactly what they paid for, to be quite honest, so... If there was water targeted a defenseman, because you clearly see it as as a want, not a need. I I see it as a need. But, I think but you want is, it. I don't think they want a defenseman. I think I think on defense, they think that they're good. The coaching staff, they're okay with the defense because of the depth. Because you have Nurse, you have Keith, you have Nimalainen, you have uh, Broberg, you have Russell, you have Cuckoo. You even have some water come if you if if need be. I don't think he's going to play this year. Oh, Saturday. me either. I don't think he'll be playing. I think he might be traded, actually. But that's another topic on another day. Yeah, so... To me, yeah, that's a big hole. But, I mean, if that's something they're not going to do, then they got to add the goaltender. That's got to be... Priority numero uno. Next on the list to me, because I feel like... Nowadays, you need that elite goaltender to win a Stanley Cup, you know, unfortunately the Ducks are playing really well. We'd love to have a John Gibson. Oh, but John Gibson is my what dream come true. 100%. <laughs> but you know what? Let's, I think uh, for every Oilers fan, that's what it is. Okay, let's get to uh, some of the questions from our followers on Twitter here. Bryce Birch asks, who is going to take Hoskinen? Where are they going to get? Where are they going to get another goalie? Well, like we've stated prior in this podcast, they are looking at Flurry. Flurry has the Oilers on their no movement uh, list, on their no trade list. Um, honestly, there's kind of slim pickings, like GP was saying. GP doing that again. There isn't much out there, like goaltending, like Corpusalo. I can think of. I mean, the crowded net in Dallas. But between Corpusalo and Koskin, it's kind of a toss-up, no? I don't know. I don't know. I, I prefer Corpusalo, I think. But um, as for the Koskinen part, I mean, maybe a Buffalo. I mean, they got Malcolm Subban, but I don't think that's definitely your answer I think there. I think you can move Koskinen. 
Uh, not with ease, but you could probably move uh, him for a late round pick, perhaps to a team. Yeah, you're right, like Buffalo, right? I mean, like, like a Buffalo, maybe yeah, Arizona. Just to get like the cap, get the and that again, the Oilers would have to add some type of sweetener to that. Maybe like a second, but again, that's a little steep to me personally. That's a little steep to get rid of Koskinen's contract, and I think that's where it gets super difficult for for Edmonton when it comes to moving no, but Koskinen, he he could be. Honestly, in a, on a different team, a different uh, organization, he could be a team's 1B, you know? And sure, his price point ain't the greatest, but let's say he goes to Buffalo, he goes to Arizona, uh, you know, he's under a new coach, new system. He plays his game, uh, earns a new contract. He could be in the running for a starting spot next year. Just I think his time at Edmonton is done. The team plays behind him not very well, not very confidently. Uh, definitely not the same way they play behind Mike. Well, I think for Koskinen, it's the starts. I think he's quite good after the first 10 minutes of the game, but um, what do we got for another question here? All right, next question is from Uncle Al. Uncle Al says, love the idea of the podcast, boys, and hopefully you hear the question a bunch. Has there been any legitimate interest in Carey Price? And if not, do you believe it will begin as it returns from his hiatus? To me, that sounds great when it comes to maybe Carey Price 50% retain, but I don't know what you've been hearing, but to me, that's a little bit of a best-case scenario. And it's a, a far, dream far-fetched dream a little bit, yeah, pipe dream. Than a reality, but again, it would be nice to have Carey Price again for that playoff run. I mean, the guy is always a money goaltender when it comes to the playoffs. Not the greatest... Regular season goaltender as of late, but guys, money in the playoffs. So it's and again for the for the Sorler team, all that matters is what happens in the playoffs in in April, May, and June. So he is a big time goalie, but I just don't see Edmonton trading for his ticket. Ten million dollars is a high price to pay, and they probably want I don't even know what back, right? If, if it was Steve, if, if it was for Slim Pickett, I would trade for sure. You know, you if know, it was a flurry trade, they gave away. Starting, I think you'd start getting to the the Borgos, the Holloways. Absolutely the not. I, I, I agree. They wouldn't want that, but I would not pay that from the others, right? So, honestly, I've heard nothing about Price coming to Edmonton. What do I think about it? It would be great, you know, but his age says otherwise. Uh, he's got the surgery going. Seattle could have had him for free. Didn't take him. That, to me, says it all. So, we'll move on to the next question here. Uh... From Shadon or Shaden, will Jay Woodcroft be in charge soon? I hope. We got that coming up later on here in the podcast. You, you and me both. We won't. That's, that's not happening. Uh, it's just because Ken Holland, man, he's such. He's such a. He preaches he's so, patience. He loves patience. He's so slow the way, and his patience has paid off with the Pulley situation. He it did pay off, but that's the only time it's ever paid off for yeah. him. Like, let's be real. Dave Tippett will he's Dave Tippett in his time coaching the Oilers in the playoffs his record is one in seven he's won one playoff game behind the Oilers bench to me that is not good enough yep you I agree I agree whole wholeheartedly uh, Dave Tippett you know I, he's got this year with the Oilers left and I can see him returning but that's strictly on playoff success do I I think that the Oilers like having Woodcroft in Bakersfield, developing their players, because clearly it's working, right? Why would you 
take that away from that area of their team when it's their strong point. They're developing players like like nothing right now. It's crazy. To, to me, when you're in a slump like this, and if this continues, this four game, and it gets to, you know, the five, six, seven, instead of making a trade, that is the easiest thing to do because Dave Tippett is expired, so... Yeah, I agree. So, Shea Nuge, 93. I don't think Woodcroft will be the coach anytime soon. Uh, Any other GM, yeah, but not Ken Holland. Yeah. All right, next question is from Ahmed Mehta. Ahmed says, what do you see happening with the goaltending situation? Uh, I mean... Kind of reiterating here, but... In a dream reality, in a dream reality... We'd like to see them add something, but... I think what's going to happen is Koskinen's going to be gone. When Smith is healthy. To me, I don't think they do anything. I think they run with the three they have, but and Ken that's Holland, it, which is, would be very disappointing. Like, I, I can't, like, stress how disappointing that would be for me and how much I'd be pissed, to be honest with you, but, it, it, I know but you, that's just the way it works. I know you think that Koskinen, you know, should stay, but... Wouldn't you want that cap room? Like I like we said, we can get it with Tyson Berry. That's like you can move that contract very easily. Yeah, but the thing is that if you move Koskinen, you have Skinner and Smith, right? Or Smith and Skinner. But if you move Berry off that third pair, sure you have Broberg there, but you have a rookie going into a, a third pairing role on his offhand side when you already have two more rookies there with. Bouchard and Nimalainen, right? Whereas if you move Koskinen, sure you have a rookie in Skinner as backup, but he's not as much of uh, relevant as Smith would be because he's the starter, right? So Smith, Smith would impact games a lot more than uh, if Barry were gone. Because if Barry's gone, that third pairing misses that uh, veteran right shot defenseman. Listen, I don't want Barry there as much as you do, but I think he probably is here until summertime. Yeah, but again... And Koskinen probably is the one heading out because of his ticket. Yeah, me personally, I just think they end up running with those two just because they didn't experience it, Stuart Skinner, but... Well, that's that. Um, next is from Mo99. Mo says, What are the plans to fix the depth scoring issues, and is there a big-name player like Kane or Giroux that we can somehow steal? No, I don't see that happening. I could see, like... I could see like another maybe like middle six left winger or yeah left winger or centerman right like I would say someone for the fourth third line if personally I would have McLeod as a third line centerman but if you want to push him down to your fourth line that's all right with me but McLeod you need to give him a little more ice time just so he can show what, what, what he can do you want that speed out there you want that agility out there uh, the size out there right as a fourth-line guy, you probably want a veteran who can win faceoffs in the D zone, right? So it's probably uh, someone you want to get. And there's – maybe you are trading Koskinen out for a veteran big-ticket guy that could play on your fourth line like a, like a Spezza, someone who makes $4 million. Spezza doesn't right now, but, but you know, someone like that. Maybe uh, Pavelski or something like that for a third or fourth-line role. Yeah. Again, me personally – I think that's more of a, a want in, on Ken Holland's list. I think that's something if he feels he can address, he'll do it. Definitely. But I don't think that's number one on his list. So. Yep. He also asks, is Tippett really on the hot seat? 
He says no, but the slow start is getting old and catching up to the team fast. In my opinion, all teams have you know tough tough stretches. Um, Oilers right now they're down a lot of uh, players. Uh, they were down Nurse, they were down Keith. They kept their head above the water. They still have a winning record. Um, I I don't know. I say ten. I mean, it's four games. Yeah. It's an eighty-two game season. It's a four-game skid. Let's let's see what happens. If, to me, if it gets past six, that's something that that. You, then maybe, but again, Ken Holland is super patient. He's he moves very slow when it yeah. comes to making Turtle. moves like this. So I I don't think much is going to happen with Dave Tippett. If anything, they have a new coach next year. But I think this year it's Dave Tippett. So yeah, it's Tippett's team this year. And uh, personally, my thoughts is when the Penguins and Crosby won their first cup, they fired Michelle Terrian and hired Bosma halfway during the year. Won a right. cup. L.A. They L.A. fired. Exactly. I can't remember who they fired, and they hired uh, Daryl Sittler. Uh, not Daryl Sittler. Uh, Daryl Sutter. Yeah. And they won a cup, multiple cups, with him as the head coach. So it they works. They also lost him out of their... Uh, Montreal their, last yeah. year makes it to the cup final. They fired Claude Julien. Yeah. Dominic uh, Ducharme takes overs. So it does work, but... Here's here's the one coach that I would... Can't tip it for. The Islanders right now are... Absolute trash, right? Barry Trotz ain't going anywhere, man. I agree he's not going anywhere, but that's the I one coach that if he it. did slip loose, I would move heaven and earth just to acquire him. Because he's shown that he can take teams far, and his defensive game and his systems are A+. But what's the difference between him and Dave Tippett? Like, it's the same type of thing coming in. Well, Dave Tippett hasn't won a cup. Yeah. Right? Washington, they wanted to re-sign uh, Trotz, but Trotz wanted to move on. After he won that cup. So if if he would come here, I would take him in a heartbeat. Let's see. Next is uh, Fogel or Kai. Kai says, all right, my man. Oh, he's on the price train too. CJ said price to Edmonton. What do we think? Like we said before, don't see it happening. Uh, would love to have it happening, especially my man over here at GP. GP loves price. GP's a big price guy. I wouldn't say I'm a big price guy, but I definitely think he's a big money goalie in the playoffs. But if you go to Ron Price and Smith, that's what you need. I'd say that's uh, that's a winner right there. But, but again, uh, that's more. There's no the way dream, we're getting price. dream more than a reality. Yeah, I so. haven't heard Price from anyone around this organization, so um, I'd give that a big thumbs down. All right, so we'll end off the questions with Ark Knight. Ark Knight asks. How credible are you? Do you know someone within the team? That's all you. That's mine. Well, but all I can say is to you and to our listeners is that, you know, it's on you guys to trust what you hear. We're just trying to give the information that we hear. It may not all come to fruition. It might not come to fruition at all. But we're just giving you, the fans, what we hear. Um, yeah, that's all we can really say without uh, dive diverging who we, who we are we'll finish off with uh the game preview we got uh carolina coming to town tomorrow night what do we think oh that's gonna be a tough one ethan bear makes his return i uh, think he scores it's just the most oilers thing like yeah <laughs> like he he's gonna open up the scoring like, if there's one bet to make i would say <laughs> ethan bear scores yeah. a goal but, but yeah if they could play like they did last game and put that kind of effort in, you know, they need that Hyman effort, that full effort, you know? Because, I mean, 
if every player contributes just that much more, then that's W, you know? Uh, like, the goaltending has been steady, not great. Our defense has had its head above water, I would say. Uh, but that Carolina team, man, their guns are blazing. Yeah, that, that, that's going to be a tough one, and I'm interested to watch it. I think that's a great test for the Oilers. But, again, the Oilers are on a little bit of a slide, but I think they're starting to break out of it, so it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Uh, yeah, their dry. power play is back now too, right? Dry with two hot hitters right there right on the power play. So See uh, if that power play can keep on get going. Hopefully, maybe we see Bouchard on that first unit. I don't you think know. so? I mean, Barry got two power I tweeted out earlier but... in the week that a member of the coaching staff does want to see Bouchard on that top PP. I can't like say who it. it is. We all want to see it. Fans would love to see this. But there, for some reason, Tippett is hitched to that Barry train, you know, and uh, I, I can't go against the coaching staff, what they say, because that is, you know, word out of their mouth. Um, yeah. All right, score predictions for uh, the Carolina game? I'm going to say Oilers win. I'm going to say Ethan Bear goal. I think that's inevitable. Yeah, we'll put that on the but, scoreboard there, um, on the for sure board. I'm going to say it's going to be a tight 4-2 Oilers win with an empty netter. 4-2. Oh my yeah. goodness. I'm going to say it's going to be a 5-4 Oilers win. Oh, Freddie Anderson starting tomorrow. Anderson's starting, but McDavid's playing. And same with Dry Saddle. And they're getting hot again, so... Yeah, I say if the Carolina Hurricanes take some penalties, the Oilers will cash in. And that'll be the key to the game for the Oilers. Yeah, well, I, I think I'm going to stick with the 4-2. I'm going to stick with an Ethan Bear goal, though. And I think for the Oilers, I think we see a McDavid goal tomorrow night. But that's McDavid just goal or four assists? I'm going to say four assists, man, because that guy's heating up. Uh, Drysaddle's heating up. We know his stick is hot. Two goals last game. I say he's good for two goals this game too. Maybe even a Fogel goal. Fogel's bound to uh, cash in. He's, oh, Fogel's Fogel going against his former team for the yep. first time. Maybe he gets one. But I think uh, that's all we got for this week's episode. Yeah, tune in again next Friday. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to tune in next Friday. For another episode of the NWO Podcast, a.k.a. The Dub, I'm your host, Mr. X, and my co-host, GP, signing off. See you, boys. So, stay safe, have a good weekend, and as always, let's go Oilers.